Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on live from 1 until 4 on the radio, and after 4 o'clock, the iHeart app is where you go for the John and Ken On Demand podcast, and you could hear everything you missed or hear it all over again. Your choice. Yeah, and now there's two stories at once here going on. One is kind of brand new, and the other one we talked about last week that has an update. Uh, we begin with the big story from last night. There was uh, two helicopters that collided near Cabazon. A fire broke out. One landed safely, but the other one crashed, and there were three fatalities in this crash. It was all about fighting a fire. We're going to learn more from Steve Gregory, KFI News, about the details and how this could have happened. You yeah. were up uh, most of the night. Yeah, I case. mean, uh, by the time I got the call and got out there, it was, what, uh, about 10 o'clock, quarter to 10. And then they had the update at midnight at a fire station in the town of Cabazon, and here's the really eerie part about that. The fire station was only a half a mile from the crash site. Yeah. It was really bizarre. The Cabazon is out where in Riverside County? Well, so think about if you used the, the Morongo Casino as the landmark. Mm -hmm. It's just southeast of Morongo across the freeway, south of the 10. Big I mean, outlet malls there. Yeah, it's just, it's just diagonally across uh, from there. If you look over to the right as you're driving by Morongo and you keep looking, you look over the right, you're going to see a cluster of homes and whatnot. That's the town of Cabazon mm. and very tiny, a rural town. And the crash, well, let's go back. So the original call about 6.03 p.m. last night was a house on fire. And the Riverside County Fire Department is under contract with Cal Fire. 
So other, unlike L.A. County Fire, which is an independent fire agency, Riverside County Fire is a contract to Cal Fire or Cal Fire, you know, contracts to Riverside. So they don't county. have their own county fire right, department. Exactly. So Cal Fire acts as the county's fire department. So they roll up on scene last night. But what had happened was that house fire sort of leaked over into the brush. Uh, and there's this massive, just uh, wildland interface behind this cluster of homes. And as soon as that fire took hold, it just took off. And so a different protocol goes in place when that happens. When a wildland fire or a wildfire, as we know, uh, happens out in that area, because of the the nature of the winds, the heat, uh, you know, the dry conditions, there is an automatic deployment of six aircraft, three fixed wing and three helicopters. Among those six is one helicopter that will act as what they call a helicopter coordinator or HELCO for short. And that helicopter is going to hover above. So imagine air traffic control at LAX. That's a fixed position in a tall tower. Well, imagine that tower floating in the air because they're going to have to have someone up above the fire to coordinate how all of the aircraft beneath are going to drop their load or they're going to use the fixed wing to, to drop retardant or water. So that's what this Bell 407 was doing. And somewhere along the way, just under an hour later, that Bell 407 collided with a Sikorsky sky crane. Now the Sikorsky sky crane looks like mm, an insect, like a grasshopper. It's those long, thin mm. helicopters that were initially designed to lift heavy, heavy, heavy loads. But they convert them to where they can put tanks underneath those, and then they've got the, the snorkel on them where they can go down and dip into a lake or into a, a, some sort of a pool and suck the water back up. So somehow along the way, those two helicopters collide. That Sikorsky's able to land, though I was told it was a hard landing, but the two pilots aboard were fine, uninjured. Unfortunately, that Bell 407 went down and went down hard, creating a second fire. So fire crews were dispatched quickly over there, and they were almost en route to the fire, not realizing that the fire was a result of plane cra or mm -hmm. helicopter crash. And so when they get there, they realize they've got one of their own helicopters down. Both of those aircraft involved are part of the 24 additional aircraft that were brought in um, as, as part of a protecting, uh, wildfire protection surge funding 24 uh, aircraft on top of the Cal Fire fleet. It's part of them getting prepared for the season. Is the Sikorsky much bigger craft? Oh, yeah. Way, way bigger. It is a it is an industrial size aircraft uh, capable of carrying 2,500 gallons of liquid, whereas the Bell is not equipped to do any of that. The Bell is a, it's just, it's just more of a people mover. Uh, it, it, it's mostly designed, that in that configuration, mostly designed to take people from point A to point B. And so this is like a, an 18-wheeler hitting a Prius on the freeway or something? Yeah, that's, you know, if you want to look at it that way, exactly. But what we don't know right now is which aircraft hit the other first and how. Right. When you think about the positioning of those two helicopters, that Bell 407 is hovering up above, and then the Sikorsky and all the others are down underneath, flying around, orbiting, dropping the liquids, and going back to refill, coming back. And that's what that 407 is up there doing, coordinating all of that effort. Were they shrouded in smoke at the time? No. And the conditions were were mild. No high winds. Uh, the regular breezes you would get at that time of the day. You know, between so the Sikorsky would have to go up or, to hit the bell. Or the bell would have to fall down. Right. And see, that's what, you know, talking with other pilots this morning, 
that it's it's very possible that the bell lost power and just fell and fell on top. Oh, I see. And some maybe nicked it or something, and the Sikorsky was able to recover, but the bell didn't. That's one, you know, that was something that a bunch of pilots were talking about this morning. And the other two is that maybe that there was just, you know, someone got into someone else's path. You know, oddly enough, and it's unrelated, but, you know, this is the seven, last week was the 17th anniversary of two news helicopters colliding over Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that story where they were Vaguely. they were doing a car chase yeah. and they got in the way of each other and it was it was it was totally man caused. It was they got in the way of each other and one clipped the other one and they both went down. So it's it anything's possible right now. The uh, three victims, who are they? So two of them were very, very well-liked and well-known CAL FIRE employees. Uh, one was CAL FIRE Assistant Chief Josh Bischoff, the other CAL FIRE Captain Tim Rodriguez. And then the third that died was a contract pilot. His name was Tony Souza. He's uh, from Northern California. Um, but these two CAL FIRE employees were locals. So they were not pilots. Their only role in the Bell 407 was to coordinate air traffic to fight the fire. And that's, uh, you know, they were not at the controls at the time. Is uh, anybody hear this happening with the radio calls? I mean, was there a buildup or yeah, something Presum- like, hey, you're getting yeah. too close? Presumably right. there's there's all of that. But here's the thing. This is not like the plane crash I covered last week where we're able to go back to... Uh, public access uh, calls where where I was able to listen to the call and actually listen to the pilot scream right before the plane went down. Yeah, I heard that. This is different uh, because it's CAL FIRE. It's all, it's sort of tactical channel, if you will, uh, an air tack. So it's, it's going to be contained mm. and uh, we're not going to get access to it until the NTSB goes through it. If, if, it, if they ever release it at all. Uh, it, that's it, a different, it, different it's process. It's hard. To, I mean, this obviously is very rare, but if it was, you know, clear skies. They weren't shrouded by the smoke. It's hard to see how one helicopter would hit the other just based on your, your visual sighting. Here's the thing. It's it's hard to guess one way or another unless you've actually been at the controls of an aircraft because look at the Kobe Bryant pilot. All yeah. that experience he had and, and, you know, he was in a cloud, but he got disoriented. And it's easy to get, I'm told by pilots, it's easy to get in a disoriented situation you, we have no idea if there was a medical condition with the pilot, mm-hmm. hit something wrong, mechanical failure, power failure. There's a lot of uh, ways this thing could have gone sideways. And um, and then, you know, they were noting that this is such an unusual event. And everyone I've talked to that's got at least 30 to 40 years experience in CAL FIRE, they've never had a mid-air collision. Now, about 2014, 2015, you had a uh, like one of those, I think it was a C-130 that went down. Uh, it was one of Cal Fires. It was a plane up north in Northern California, and it went down into the forest. And that was the last time that they actually had a Cal Fire aircraft go down. But a mid-air collision? No. And last last year alone, they dropped more than 24 million gallons of retardant in water without an incident at all. This must have hampered efforts to actually battle the fire. I mean, as you said, it created a second fire, which apparently they put out, but... I mean, they were working on a fire there, and suddenly this crash just stops everything, doesn't it? Well, here's the thing, Ken. So that house fire, when it triggered into the the wildland interface, which is all just dry brush, and if you're not familiar with that area out there, it's just vast sorts of, of valley out there. It's just it's there's, the hills are further to the south, where you get into more of the hilly terrain. But this is just wide open valley space that's just nothing but dry brush, dry grass, and so. 
part of this protocol when they deploy these helicopters like this is is a very aggressive posture. They want to get to it before it gets any you know grows any faster, and that's why you had such a, a quick response. That fire only stopped at three acres. They were able to stop that fire at three acres. The fire actually caused by the helicopter was larger. It was four acres. So they were relatively, they were tiny fires compared mm. to what they're used to doing. But that's part of the protocol. Uh, they want to get on that stuff fast so it doesn't get bigger. Steve, great stuff. Yeah, now, you're going to stay there because you're going to update us on the other story, which was the naked body in the barrel off of Malibu. Yep. Yeah, he's got some more information on that story, which broke last week. Johnny Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We have Steve Gregory Part 2. We just went through the uh, helicopter crash, the uh, CAL FIRE crash out in Cabazon in Riverside County last night. And he's also on top of another story that broke last week in Malibu when a, uh, a barrel was uh, floating out in the ocean and washed up on shore and they found a naked guy in a barrel and... Everyone's wondering. Um, who yeah, we he learned was. his name, but we didn't learn much except he was an aspiring uh, performer. Uh, and, Javonta, uh, Javonta Murphy, uh, uh, aspiring rapper. What's the story? Yeah, so this was an interesting one because initially we thought it had some sort of ties to a you know foreign country because of all the international cargo traffic that goes across the, the, our Pacific Ocean. And uh, come to find out, this is a local thing, as you mentioned, Javonta Murphy was the person identified in that 55-gallon plastic drum. Um, but now, over the weekend, there's this narrative that has started. Um, and I will tell you that he was killed by a single gunshot wound to the head. Um, and he was found nude. And it was a fairly fresh body, meaning that he was had only been there a couple days at most. But um, the the next part of this narrative apparently started over the weekend where now they think that this has something to do with the death of pop smoke pop smoke yeah i i didn't know who he was but um apparently he's 2020 a, murder of a yeah. rapper named pop smoke yeah another rap artist wait, wait. uh we go to the rap desk eric is familiar yeah, he's, he's a rapper from new york he was killed a couple of years ago in la well, well thanks eric i uh, didn't we just say that no, he was a <laughs> rap artist that was killed in 2020. <laughs> Did we just say that? <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> no problem, Steve. <laughs> wow. Well, I, mean, I thought there was more. I it's, thought so, too. Mm. Was there more, Eric? What, did you want him to sing some well, of the songs or he, perform? Or? He was killed because he posted shopping bags on his Instagram story. He didn't blur out the address to his Airbnb, and then five people were arrested in connection to his murder. Mm, and it's like so, a home invasion, right? Yeah, and supposedly this guy was a part of those five people. Oh, yeah, this the Daily Mail has the pictures. This Javonta Murphy? No, no, so, okay. So no, 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 let no. Let me no, take no. it from Let's, here. Yeah, let me take it from back here. Right. Well, that okay. was good. That, he that, came very good, there. Eric. Yeah. That was good, Eric. I, I think I cut you off too soon. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, so Javonte Murphy, uh, his younger brother, Jaquan Murphy, uh, was one of the five people arrested after Pop Smoke was shot and killed. Now, uh, there's been an immediate sort of leap to connecting Javante Murphy's death to this murder somehow. Um, and I guess TMZ printed this story over the weekend and all the locals have picked up on it. But I have now been assured by someone very close to the investigation that that's not the case. In fact, they're going in the opposite direction. They think it has nothing to do with the Pop Absolutely Smoke nothing. murder. Nothing to do with pop smoke, but some other uh, so, but because, rap dispute because of the fact that it was published and that the homicide bureau did get 
official inquiries about it, it, you know, anytime they get something like that, detectives are compelled to look into that angle real quick. And I had been told by people very close to the case that that was uh, it was ruled out almost immediately. Uh, this any connection here. So it looks as though they're going in the opposite direction. I will tell you that I was told by another source in, in an agency that it was Javante Murphy's extracurricular activities that most likely got him into trouble. And that's all extracurricular. they extracurricular. And that's uh, bowling. As far as they would, yeah, take. it's like something you do at school. Right? He was in a bowling he, league, or uh, I don't know. But all I all I was told or? is that his extracurricular activities most likely contributed to I his see. death. All right, because his family was saying he's such a good man, and they were really upset. <laughs> yeah, over this. Um, yeah, they're all they're all good men, aren't they? Well, yeah, and you notice that, and this is the thing that uh, I, you know, police one time were telling me. Can you tell me why it is every time we have a person that's been killed or a suspect or in a gang killing or a mass killing, something like that, um, why is it the photo they always use is the one that was uh, from their communion or the one from <laughs> their, high school, uh, their high school graduation? <laughs> you never post the photos of them with their gang signs or holding weapons right, or, yeah. or you know, whatever. And just and I, these cops are literally asking me this. And I said, well, A, we don't post pictures like that. We don't, you know, we don't, we're not really in that game. But B, I said, you know, when reporters are asking the families, hey, do you have any photos mm -hmm. of your child can, that we can put up? That's typically what families hand over. Because mm -hmm. families yeah. don't typically carry but in the scrapbook of if, the pictures of weapons. If you go to social media, though, it's the weapons and the gang. Right. Signs. So yeah. now that's why I think now more and more. Well, and here's the thing. We're not free to take those, lift those photos off of Facebook and Twitter Everyone thinks we can just use it because it's public. No, those are copyrighted imaging. So we can't just take photos off of the social media. Who sites. owns the copyright? Facebook? No, the individual who posted it. The individual it. posted it. You've got to oh, get permission you from that get individual. you got to get permission, right. You know, there are a lot of times where I'll post pictures from a news story, and I'll get contacted by the Daily Mail or somebody overseas or, or someone back east will say, hey, can we get your permission to re reproduce your photo for our site? You charge him for that? No, I, it's too much of a pain. I just you say, so make sure you give us credit. That's mm -hmm. all, and KFI News or whatever. And then we do it that way. But, um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. So I, I, I don't know much about uh, Javante's extracurricular activities as it was suggested to me. But if you recall, when we were talking about it last week, he did have a record going back to 2017 mm -hmm. right. for assault and for domestic violence issues and for failure to show in court. Um, so I, you know, I don't but other know. than that, he was a good church boy. Well, I don't know about that. I just know that he was an aspiring rap artist. Aren't they all aspiring? <laughs> I'm an aspiring, He's 33. Radio. I'm an aspiring <laughs> radio artist. What they, can I tell you? When you gunshot to the head naked in a barrel, that's an execution. Yes. There's yes. really no other way around that. Yes. Somebody really wanted this guy dead and perhaps not to be found, although they didn't do well with the plastic barrel. Right? No, no, I no. see. I learned something last week. But like, if I ever dump someone in a barrel, it's not going to be a plastic one, right? Because then they'll but, bob up and wash ashore, right? And um, and then, but I did offer you other detail that I not last week that we can't talk about. You you did, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did offer you other detail right, about this right. case. I, I get my, and own. we still can't talk about. No, we can't talk about it right now, but we'll oh. be able to someday. We. <laughs> Is this related to the extracurricular activities? Or? No, it was. It's related to the case, but that's. Uh, Look, Steve okay, runs his the, own show off the air. Mm. <laughs>
But the well, story hey, that popped up over the weekend is was where he, where he gives all the information. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, people, if people could hear us during the commercial breaks, that's where the real show's at. We'd all be done for. Oh, I know, right? Uh, okay. So it was probably people just doing their own detective work, and they found out that Javonta Murphy's brother had originally been charged in Pop well, Smoke's murder, and they thought maybe there's a connection, but you're saying there's no way. I've been. T I was told again by those closest in the case that uh, closest with knowledge in the case that this is not connected. In fact, uh, investigators are going the opposite direction. I will tell you the reason TMZ was tipped off is because they were tipped off by someone in the family, and so th oh. th that was just a quick sort of someone you know in, this in, is in, in Murphy's, Murphy's family, family or Smoke's yeah. family. Someone in Murphy's family that it, this was connected most likely to the Pop Smoke murder. I see. So that's why. That's TMZ, probably what, what they thought. Well, and TMZ is doing its due diligence. I mean, they're calling to, to get comment on it, and and then that's what. So investigators have to take all of those calls seriously, especially when it comes from the media. And so when they follow up on it and find out that there was no connection, according to those those officials, then they have to move on to the next source. All right, Steve, thank you very much. You got it. All right, Steve Gregory, KFI News, covering the man you know, that was found. Yes. You notice though two places. That had news stories in the last few months that I'm very familiar with, right? Yes. Because Malibu's where I go bird watching, right at that spot, right. and in my old neighborhood where they had that uh, triple murder. Yeah, the because, women that were killed because right? of some rap rapper dispute. Benedict Canyon. So now I got two murders in places that uh, you know mean something to me, and, and well, we, we've got we've got rap murders going on. It's time for you to go. It is. And I just saw a story that, for the first time, the median price of a home in Los Angeles City has exceeded a million dollars. That means half the homes are worth over a million dollars. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, well, uh, remind me. I got uh, that. That'll. Uh, that's a very important fact for another story we're going to do later. All right. And I'm just looking at the pictures that were on Instagram of Pop Smoke. Mm -hmm. He was outside of the home. Uh, he's seen posing with Louis Vuitton luggage. Next to a big Range Rover, and then inside there's a picture of one of his buddies holding a wad of cash. Mm -hmm. There you go. It, it actually is literally. He's got it like held up over his shoulder. It's just piles of like bank cash rubber cool. banded together. Everybody's impressed. That's probably what brought people to Hollywood Hills to uh, rob the place when he was killed. Those guys have been using that same imagery for decades now. Just, uh, you know, hold, holding up wads of cash. Like, look how rich weapons, I am. And and weapons and, and, and fancy cars and... <laughs> All right, when we come but, back, we have new audio of uh, what devolved into chaos. A community meeting on the west side, near the west side pavilion. Karen Bass and uh, Yaroslavsky, the council member, were trying to talk to residents about putting some homeless people in their neighborhood in housing. It didn't go well. We'll play this audio. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com dot com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you have the John and Ken On Demand podcast, which you can access on the iHeart app. All right, we brought you some of this on Friday. We have uh, more audio to play. Uh, It was announced uh, a short time ago that there'll be an interim homeless housing project planned for a city parking lot. The address is 2377 Midvale Avenue, on the west side, just north of Pico Boulevard. And it says here, Google's new office campus. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah. This is the district of uh, city council member Katie Yaroslavsky, and she made the announcement. It's supposed to be some sort of interim uh, homeless housing yeah. development. Yeah, and, and you, you have a nice neighborhood there. You mentioned before that uh, the median price of a home in Los Angeles is a uh, million dollars now. And uh, I'm guessing that the homes... In no, that district, over a million dollars. And that's why uh, at one point, what Katie Yaroslavsky says is that these are uh, uh, people from the neighborhood that we have to help out. And the crowd roared its disapproval because I don't think there's a single drug addict mental patient who's laying on the sidewalk there who's from that neighborhood. That's impossible. And it's part of the big lie that Katie Yaroslavsky and Karen Bassetti constantly sell. These are your neighbors. Uh, Eric Garcetti was selling this uh, this feces uh, (laughs) during his reign. These are not our neighbors. Stop it. Because the crowd got really hostile. In fact, they were hostile for the entire meeting, which was very short. Uh, Because at no no point did Yaroslavsky or, or Bassetti say anything that they didn't heckle or boo. It was supposed to be an information session for the proposed interim housing project on Pico Boulevard, but apparently it descended into chaos, according to the West Side Current, 
And, uh, yeah, people were screaming disgraceful and recall. Mm. Uh, we got, uh, well, we'll play the first clip. Uh, this is Katie Yaroslavsky being heckled. I want to start by acknowledging that I know that many of you have concerns. Legitimate concerns. Legitimate concerns. And I get that. There's outrage. Outrage. Our goal for tonight is to begin to address those concerns in a meaningful way. I want you to know that this is the beginning of the process, not the end. We welcome your feedback. And no, it should be the end. How we can make this project better. But, no, end it. Don't do it. But what we can't accept, what we can't accept, is the status quo. Is it a done deal? You know that the status quo is not acceptable. I know it is. I hear from many of you. My team hears from many of you every single day. Says here, Yaroslavsky never fully recovered as the anger and frustration of local residents and business owners grew well, with the cries the, of recall. Because, you know, it was so heartening to see that the general public is on to all this gaslighting that you get from the likes of Yaroslavsky and Oh, Best you can hear her tone. Her tone yeah. is, this is happening. We're just going to try to make you right. feel like it's better for you than you think. The right? They want to go to... We're going to gaslight you over it. Yes. We're just going to lie, and we're going to repeat the catchphrases. She sounded exactly like a customer service rep or some annoying person in, in your company, uh, like from Human Resources, who's going to give you a lecture and use all the buzzwords. And, and I love the words they use. They, they say things like, well, we hear you. We understand you have concerns. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it's always in that sing-song, condescending tone, the kind of tone you'd use for unruly third graders, right? And, and women use that tone more than men. And it's like, now, now, everybody, I know you have concerns. That's why you had the, the lady in the audience going, legitimate concerns. And really, when she was babbling about the status quo, the status quo used to be we lived in a peaceful neighborhood. And none, nobody wants the, these, these vagrants and drug addicts and mental patients. She thinks, the, she thinks breaking the status quo is giving them a home in the neighborhood. No, 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 well, no. Nobody wants them to have a home in the neighborhood. They want them out of the neighborhood. Uh, it says here, oh, I'm looking at another. Yaroslavsky, who was recently in the news for the cleanup of an encampment on the Palms-Culver City border. Really? A lot of these, I mean, remember the last time we talked about her was that one near the Beverly Center? Mm -hmm. And she had to be pressured into that one by angry residents and lots of media coverage, which works really well. Oh. But listen to this next line in the story. Since she took office in late 2022... There's just 100 interim housing units available for the 5th District's 1,300 unhoused residents. See the trick in there? Mm -hmm. Those are residents of the district. They're because, not residents. Because they're squatting there. You see how they changed the language? These people are not residents. Not one of them owned a million-dollar-plus home on Midvale Avenue. Not one of them. I doubt it. Okay, not one of them is working for Google. All right? So, so stop this nonsense. 
And and so what they come is is they shove this 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 housing center on you. Say well, we have to help uh, you know some of your neighbors who fell on hard times. Total complete lie. Katie Arslavsky. Oh, by the way, I talked to somebody who lives in that district a mm. few days ago, and they said the story behind Katie Arslavsky finally cleaning up that encampment near the Beverly Center was when it made the front page of the Daily Mail. Oh, absolutely. That oh, the was, Daily Mail. All right. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, such, the Daily Mail gave it a lot of coverage. That was such a huge They made it sound like it was in Beverly Hills, but they gave it good coverage. Right. And you know what? That's what that's what spurred on uh, uh, them to clean up uh, the Venice Boardwalk as well, is when the Daily Mail, because that's an international website, and it makes Los Angeles look like it's filled with the stupidest, most foolish politicians oh, on yeah. the planet. Oh, yeah, tourists are going to say, I'm not going there. Yeah, so that, that's, that's why they fixed that situation. Uh, let's just play this clip really quickly, and then when we come back, we'll do the Karen Bassetti portion of the audio. Uh, this is just a woman in the audience who apparently doesn't like all the heckling and the catcalls and just wants to remind everyone of something. Put that in your own home. Take a breath. Take a breath. Out of 75,000 in LA County, you're Thank you. Please remember that this is a house of worship. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but this is very hard. A little bit of respect. Thank you. The Temple Isaiah Community Room is where they were. I don't know who that woman was, but she walked up to the front. And then uh, Yaroslavsky gave the mic over to her and she scolded the crowd that you're in a house of worship, which, by the way, they pick on purpose in order to try to take all the energy out of the crowd. No, 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 please. We're in God's house here. We shouldn't have this kind of screaming and rebellion. Looks like there were platters of food, too. I see in the picture here, like oh, yeah. to feed the crowd. All right. When we come back, we'll play some audio. Bessetti tried to speak as well and of course a lot of the people that attended this uh, yeah. community meeting did not take too well again no. the idea is they want to plunk down a bunch of homeless people in a pretty nice area on the west side there near pico boulevard if you know where the west side pavilion is what's left of it anyway uh this is uh, yaroslavsky's uh, district more coming up johnny ken kfi am 640 live everywhere iheart radio you're listening to john and ken on demand from kfi am 640 We are bringing you some extended highlights of this uh, wild uh, meeting uh, that uh, Katie Yaroslavsky, the city council person, and uh, Karen Bassetti hosted. An information session. Uh, this was about a homeless uh, shelter that they were going to they want to put up in the uh, West L.A. section of Los Angeles. This is uh, uh, on Midvale Avenue, south of Pico, near where the uh, old West Side Pavilion is located. And it's a nice neighborhood. And obviously, all the homes are worth a million dollars plus. And none of the residents want this disgusting uh, homeless mess. No, they uh, showed up to, to make their case. Uh, LifeArc is a company that's going to build what they're describing as prefabricated structures. 2377 Midvale Avenue, uh, each unit will have its own bathroom, laundry facility access, storage, and daily meals. Again, we're trying to do everything we can for every vagrant that never takes responsibility for their own life. So, yeah, as John said, they showed up. They were angry. We played all the booing of Katie Yaroslavsky that happened, including a woman that tried to tell everybody, we're in a house of worship. Please, show respect. 
This is Bassetti's turn to speak. And we understand at the end of this, she essentially says, I think this meeting is over. Yeah, you're going go. to see another side to her here. Let me, let me just say that your councilwoman, I believe, is taking a very brave stance. No. <laughs> So this meeting should end now. And that is the real Karen Bassetti. She doesn't want to hear your opinion. That, 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 that meeting wasn't so that everyone can air their views and air their uh, their concerns. It's like, you're going to listen to us. Here's what's happening. And if you're not going to follow what we say, uh, the meeting's over. And we're going to put up this, uh, this uh, homeless shelter anyway. And she blurts out, I understand your concerns about safety, yeah. but this is still going forward. Yeah. The purpose of the meeting is just so we can have the meeting, but this is going to happen whether you like it or not. It's, That's the truth that wasn't told there. Yeah. 150 feet from a school, according to that guy in the audience. 150 feet from the school, and they're going to have dozens of drug addicts and mental patients and felons. Uh, really? In a nice neighborhood? And you're expecting everybody to go along? Wow, that is, that, that is, that, they should recall Karen Bassetti and Yaroslavsky. Just oh, this that. sets a bad precedent because what they've been doing is taking these people to hotels. And sometimes the hotels are far away from yeah. hanging out on the west side. I don't like that either, but at uh -huh. least they've been. But now the approach is, oh, no, no. They're residents. They uh, squatted on these yeah. streets. We're going to put them here somewhere. So we're going to take this old bus property, whatever it was, a parking lot the city owned, and turn it into uh, interim uh -huh. housing. And Yaroslavsky and Bass Bassetti lie and say they're your neighbors. Yeah, prove that. Prove that one single person lived anywhere in that neighborhood. None of them did. How the hell could these people afford uh, a million-dollar-plus homes? How can they live on the west side of L.A. and they're laying in their own feces every day? How does that work exactly? 
How do you get from, from one of the homes to uh, a few doors away uh, li li living in filth in a tent? It doesn't happen that way. And they know this. It is all lies. It's all propaganda. It makes me furious because I'm afraid this is going to happen in my neighborhood. You should be afraid if you're living in L.A. It's going to happen in your neighborhood because they have no respect for for the middle class, the working class or anybody in any of the classes other than the vagrants and the and illegal immigrants. It's the only two classes that Bassetti cares about. And I, this is just outrageous. If you have a family and children, what are you supposed to do with your home now? Who are you going to sell your home to? These are people from out of the city, out of the county, out of the state, who spent their lives taking drugs. That's what it is. They're taking meth and fentanyl and all the rest. And they destroyed their brains and they're acting like lunatics. And now you're supposed, what are they going to do all day? They're going to be living in these prefabricated homes. What are they going to do for entertainment? And they're still going to be on their drugs. They're still going to be crazy. All right. When we come back at the opposite end of this, we return to the Metro problem. We're going to be talking to a Torrance councilman who's opposing the extension of a Metro line into Torrance from Adondo Beach. As we found out over the weekend that there was another shooting. This is at a Metro Orange Line bus stop in Tarzana that killed one person and wounded another. As this violence continues on the Metro Line, and you'll hear the argument of the city council member who says, we don't really want to extend the line into Torrance because that'll bring this type of element here. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 